This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. This is Kincaid and Breckenridge on the program today. We're pleased to welcome the uh, Conservative Party Member of Parliament and uh, critic for national defense, James Bizan, who uh, talked to us about uh, the conservative position, the opposition stance on Justin Trudeau's adjusting of the uh, ISIS mission yesterday. We spent a lot of time talking about this, taking calls from listeners as well. What do Canadians want this mission to be? Do they want us involved? Do they support changing the mission? Uh, a lot of robust conversation on that front. Be listening to Kincaid and Breckenridge weekdays, 930 to 1230, right here on News Talk 770. Hey, I'm Roger. That's Rob. We got the uh, non-answer we've been waiting for for a long time yesterday, Rob. Boy, oh boy, two guys doing a radio show in Calgary. Really wondering what the deal is with the mission against ISIS. Was this uh, election promised that, hey, we're going to pull the CF-18, excuse me, whip the CF-18s out of the mission? And uh, we've been asking, when are you going to do that? When's it going to happen? And yesterday, that was really the only definitive response that we got, was that by February 22nd, no more missile strikes from Canadian CF-18s. We're going to leave the refueler. We're going to leave the uh, reconnaissance uh, aircraft, the the uh, uh, yeah, the recon aircraft over yep. there. So that's just fine. Um, but then along with it came some more ambiguity about exactly what Canada's mission against one of the biggest problems in the world is going to be. Right. And it's, so it's, it's really awkward for the, for the government because they've, they've sort of had to back into this policy where you announce the policy, then you justify it after the fact. So why are we ending the bombing? Well, you know, it's not what we do, but we've certainly done it before. Uh, it's not effective, but We'll support the other countries bombing because we believe that's effective. So it's it's really quite strange. So we're going to refuel the jets that are going to keep bombing. We're going to help paint targets on the ground for these uh, jets that are bombing. And it seems pretty clear that our allies on the ground in that region like having the fact that other countries are basically providing them an air force. So the government's trying to have it both ways, that uh, we, we believe airstrikes are effective. We're going to support our allies as they continue these uh, airstrikes, but we don't think these airstrikes are effective, so we're going to bring our planes home because that's not what Canadians do, except when Canadians do it, like when the Liberals supported bombing in Libya in 2011 and when the Liberals themselves uh, decided that uh, you know we needed to, to go bomb the heck out of Milosevic uh, in the mid to late 90s. So does that make sense? We are going to uh, increase our training. We're going to have more people on the ground doing that training, training the same people who tell us that they like to have some air cover when they're fighting ISIS. Yeah, it's a bit nonsensical to, to us. Let's get the uh, the word, though, from the official opposition. This is a critic uh, for national defense, uh, James Bizan. Uh, welcome to the program, sir. Good to have you here. Glad to be on the show with you guys. All right, so uh, start us off here. I mean, what what is the primary criticism from the uh, opposition benches of uh, Canada's new mission against ISIS? Well, we maintain that the air bombing campaign was working, that our CF-18s are a valuable um, piece of, of kit in the theater, 
the Air Task Force that we set up there has done an excellent job through the Royal Canadian Air Force. And we haven't heard a single ally saying taking our CF-18s out of the fight is a good thing. Uh, to put things in perspective, you got to remember that our CF-18s uh, have been completely retooled. Uh, they're some of the most technologically advanced planes uh, in uh, the world now. Only really the British and the Americans uh, can do what we do. And if you take the Americans out of the overall picture, of, of they're doing over you know around 60% of the airstrikes. But if you take the rest of the allies that are doing the other 40%, we are the fourth largest contributor in dropping bombs on ISIS. And uh, you know, there was a strange comment that came from Prime Minister Trudeau yesterday that you know the most lethal enemy to barbarism is reason. Uh, I always thought that dropping bombs on the heads of terrorists was uh, the most lethal enemy to them. Okay, so what do we make of the fact, and, and the Liberals are certainly touting this, that uh, the, the response from the Americans has been favorable, that, oh, you know, we, we support what the Canadians are doing and, and we support this new plan. Would we really expect to hear anything differently? No, they're not going to publicly uh, chastise Canada, but we saw already the result of the decision by the Trudeau government of not uh, keeping our CF-18s in the fight. We weren't invited to the big boys table where they're discussing future strategy on how to defeat ISIS. Uh, yeah, I can tell you that the French, uh, the U.S. State Department, the U.S. Department of Defense are all very disappointed uh, with the decision by Canada, uh, especially, you know, say one thing in the heat of a campaign uh, to say that we're going to pull out our CF-18s uh, and then real, not realize that the ground has shifted you know, just recently, Canadians have been killed by terrorist activities. ISIS has declared war on Canada. And it's always been our proud military way of carrying our share of the load when it comes to our collective security. And uh, ISIS is a scourge that uh, we haven't seen for some time and is something that we have to address head on. And we can do the enhanced training mission. Canada has the capabilities and the personnel uh, to go out there and do more training, to do more on the ground, um, but we also can easily be doing the bombing in uh, association with everything else. Was the cost of the of the air campaign um, becoming prohibitive? Not at all. Um, you know, it never stopped us over the last. Uh, 12 months from doing both bombing and humanitarian relief and the training mission. Uh, you know, the announcement yesterday uh, continues on with it. Canada's the fourth largest humanitarian contributor to the area. And uh, there's no reason why Canada can't be doing more. And, and uh, you know, I, I think that we're still waiting for a good explanation from the government why they can't be doing the bombing mission uh, at the same time as we're doing the training and the humanitarian relief. So we can do both, but it doesn't have to be either or. It doesn't have to be either or, and we're seeing other countries doing both. And, uh, you know, the reality is, is on the ground, and from what I'm hearing, is that most of the training options are well resourced already from other coalition partners. So uh, if we're going to actually put more people in theater, as they're saying, saying that it's going to go from about 650 personnel to over 840, uh, and uh, that we're going to, you know, do a little bit more with the Kurdish Peshmerga using our special operation forces, you know, that's all well and good. But, uh, you know, the reality is, is that 
the, the ability to drop precision-guided munitions on ISIS fighting positions and where they're caching their weapons and where they're building their improvised explosive devices uh, is detrimental to the overall ability. And by not being there to, to take on ISIS as part of the coalition means other countries are going to have to pick up the slack. And that isn't uh, reasonable, and that's not responsible of Canada to be pulling out at this point in time. Uh, this plan does, though, include a component uh, to arm the Peshmerga, provide arms to the Peshmerga. Why, why weren't we doing that before? Well, we did actually uh, source uh, not Canadian-made um, weapons, but we did actually deliver uh, uh, weapons to the Peshmerga, weapons that they're familiar with, like AK-47s and uh, rocket-propelled grenade launchers. Um, we did give them those weapons already uh, under the Conservative government. Um, so they are now talking that they're going to be giving some small arms uh, to help with training. Uh, and defense of, of uh, fighting positions against ISIS attacks, as we've already witnessed just uh, uh, over a month ago. Um, but, uh, you know, that that's all well and good, and we have to continue to do that. Uh, and we know that our coalition partners are also arming not just the Peshmerga, but other uh, partners in, in the coalition, like the Iraqi Security Forces. Sorry, I have a question about that. Can you help us define small arms? Well, mainly we're talking about sidearms and, and, and rifles and sniper rifles, but we're not talking about taking in their uh, uh, tanks and armored vehicles. Do you feel that there was that this, I mean, this is a shift in the strategy against ISIS, and the last time I think we saw a shift in the strategy is when then uh, Minister Jason Kenney announced that uh, the, the mission would expand into Syria. Um, to the best of my knowledge, uh, and I think it's uh, indicated by the support of the Peshmerga in uh, this new liberal plan, uh, we will still continue to be in theater in Syria. Um, but, but do you feel that, that, there, that there's going to be more required of Canada on the ground in the coming future in order to uh, defeat ISIS if we pull out of the sky? I think that you know, all coalition partners are somewhat hesitant of being the lead boots on the ground in, in the attack against ISIS, and that's why the concentration has been on, on training. I can tell you that the work that our uh, Canadian Special Operations Forces have done with the Kurdish Peshmerga has been second to none, uh, and we witnessed the, their ability to uh, repel an attack from uh, ISIS. Now, the Kurds have been very good at not just holding their own territory, but actually taking some territory back. The next major offensive is going to come in the uh, recapture of, of Mosul away from um, the uh, ISIS terrorists. And, of course, that is uh, right on the edge of Kurdish territory. Um, but we are seeing grounds made, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, ultimately we have to uh, take the fight to ISIS. And so it's good to see that Jordan, Saudi Arabia, and uh, Turkey – are looking at uh, providing those boots on the ground in the region uh, with the support of intelligence and uh, command and control uh, from other coalition allies. You know, this this issue is obviously it's a it's a political minefield. It's fraught with so many political issues, uh, not the least of which is that the more we empower uh, the Kurds, the, the less thrilled Turkey is on a daily basis. Um, but, but, you know, I, I, I wonder, would the conservative opposition be supportive of a liberal government that decided to ramp up uh, that sort of boots-on-the-ground force. There's a lot of us watching this that think that's ultimately what it's going to take. But would the conservative opposition be willing to put politics aside and support the liberal government if they decided that, yeah, this is actually going to take a lot more soldiers? Look, we, we have always said that ultimately we have to defeat ISIS. It's not just about degrading them anymore. 
they are spreading their hatred and the twisted ideology around the world. They are attracting our youth and radicalizing them. Uh, they are inspiring attacks like we witnessed in, in uh, Baraka Ficino and, and uh, San Bernardino, uh, including the attack in Ottawa and the attack in, in uh, St. jean sur richelieu last year. So, you know, it is important that uh, ultimately the military planners come up with a way to defeat them. And uh, as conservatives, we de- we believe in that uh, uh, very enthusiastically and making sure that uh, ISIS does not spread its hate and continue to destabilize the region. Now, going forward, I mean, going back to, to our allies and how they perceive this at a time when, when they're stepping up their efforts and, and we seem to be scaling back on our efforts, uh, what, what are the, the, the risks uh, in the longer term, the, the message that we're sending? What might the fallout be from this? I think there, we've already started to see the fallout. Like, you, you hear from Trudeau and, and his cabinet that Canada is back, but what they're doing is stepping backwards. It's, to, yesterday's announcement was a retreat from the combat mission, and it sends all the wrong messages to our allies that we are not trustworthy, and uh, this will hurt us uh, on the international scale, and I think that most people uh, see it as shameful. And uh, ultimately, they have the responsibility to be engaged with their allies against one of the most dangerous enemies that we're facing in today's world. And we expect them, you know, especially since the ground has shifted uh, with the attacks in Paris, in Cairo, uh, and, and, uh, you know, these are all orchestrated by by ISIS themselves, Uh, we need to be more engaged, not less engaged. And uh, it's fine to go out there and do more training and assist with intelligence gathering and bringing some new capabilities into the theater where it may be needed. But ultimately, the combat role that we're doing from the air is a relatively safe one for Canadian forces and uh, was being extremely detrimental to the ability to ISIS to move, to resupply, and to attack uh, you know, innocent bystanders and commit their mass atrocities. All right. Well, James, so we'll leave it there. Thanks for making some time for us here today. Appreciate your input on this. It's my pleasure. All right. Take care. James Bezan is the uh, official opposition uh, national defense critic, uh, conservative MP. So, like, I mean, obviously the conservatives support this mission. It was their mission to begin with. And I'm, I mean, the fact that it was seen as a conservative mission to begin with uh, is, is, I think, what led the liberals to decide that they needed to find a way to uh, differentiate themselves. From, from the conservatives, which, I mean, it's it's unfortunate. I, mean, I don't know, maybe there there's blame to go around. I mean, in, in UK, uh, the vote there, I mean, it was uh, it was fairly nonpartisan. In France, it was overwhelming support for, for the mission. But in, in Canada, it really became politicized, which is which is too bad. Yeah, it really is too bad. I mean, I, I'm trying desperately to approach this conversation and, and come to an end that isn't, well, Justin promised, you know, in, a, in one witty remark, that uh, that if he were prime minister, he'd pull the CF-18s out of the fight. And, you know, bad an idea as that is, like, I mean, it's an awful idea. Just ask anybody who's trying to survive in Syria or Iraq right now. Bad idea as that is, he'd be stuck to it. Just decided, yeah, I'm just going to stick to it because I said I would. And it's like, it's that proud stereotype of the man who can't be wrong. Just like, he's good. how far are you going to drive in the wrong direction? without reaching your destination before you're willing to turn the car around. Right. And, you know, and we're getting some of the response from people who, you know, don't like us getting involved 
anyway. Then maybe it's just too much of a mess over there. Maybe we shouldn't wait in. Maybe we shouldn't get dragged into this this quagmire. But again, I mean, that's not Trudeau's position here. Trudeau is not taking the Tom Mulcair approach here. Trudeau is not saying, you know what, this isn't working. We don't want to be a part of this. We don't want to get dragged into this. We're coming home. Trudeau is selling us almost as though we're doing more the, the way he framed it yesterday. We're just not going to be dropping bombs ourselves, but we're going to help refuel and uh, paint targets for these coalition uh, airplanes. We're going to send more Canadians to the region to get down on the ground and uh, be on the front lines and training these these fighters. So, uh, again, I mean, if that's your position that we shouldn't be there in the first place, then I'm not sure how you support what Justin Trudeau is doing. Let's take, take a pause right here. Uh, you've shared a lot of your thoughts on text message at 770-770. Care to share your mind on the airwaves? Two, uh, uh, two guys here waiting for your call, 974-8255. We'll open up the phone lines after this. It's Kincaid and Breckenridge on News Talk 770 in sparkling HD radio. This is Kincaid and Breckenridge on News Talk 770. Now in HD. Details at Newstalk770.com. That's right. Roger that HD. It's not just for hot debate. <laughs> Am I right? No, no it is. It no, HD radio, so 105.1. If you got it. Handsome dudes. Handsome dudes. Well, that's a good one, too. But it's also high definition. If you have high definition radio in your vehicle, you can go to 105.1 FM, which is country 105, and we're on HD2. So, again, I, you know, I mean, I, I got to play around with an HD radio last year. And um, so if you've, if you've got it, You'll know what I'm talking about. It's it's really simple, and and the the sound quality is amazing. So that's pretty cool. We're excited about. That. Oh yeah, the, when we got HD, it was a happy day. Listen, well, we're gonna take a phone call from Howie here. It's gonna sound like Howie's in the room with us. Hi, Howie. Go ahead. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I hope I sound like I'm right there. You are, buddy. What's up? Hey. Um, listen, I don't know if I'm not hearing things right, but I don't see how putting more Canadian people at risk. Taking the fighter jets out of the air is is moving forward. It's not, if you reversed it, it would sound inviting to me as a Canadian because if you said to me, I'm going to take all these people off the front lines and we're going to reduce the number of Canadians that are at risk in this you know in this adventure here and and we're going to put planes in the air and and bomb more and and put less people at risk, you'd be selling that to me as yeah, let's do that. What, you, what he's doing, what, what Trudeau is doing, is to me is is backwards. I mean, it's you're so far behind, you you think you're first. I, I don't understand <laughs> how he's selling this to people, and and he's he's got himself convinced that you know that he's making headway here. I don't get it. It's 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 ridiculous. No, you're right. That's an interesting point. If you want to look at it from, do we want to put Canadians in harm's way here? You're right, and I think you know James Bazin made the point that uh, you know that, that the airstrikes probably are safer. That if we're putting more uh, boots on the ground, as it were, we're putting these these soldiers closer to the front lines. We've already seen incidents where Canadian troops have had to return fire uh, because the well, the people they're training were attacked by by ISIS troops. I hope Trudeau has got his speeches prepared for the families of these people that are at risk and that possibly are going to lose their lives over it. Well, sure. And, really and look, at, I mean, that's that's, that's that's a burden all prime ministers have to bear. And it's certainly a burden that, that the previous prime minister had to bear, and, and this one too. And, you know, if I, I hope he really believes on in this mission, because, yeah, you're right, he might have to have those conversations. He might have to draft those letters or make those phone calls. And I hope he takes that, that duty seriously. I think all, all prime ministers I, need to. I, I think it's a backwards movement. I, I, don't, I, I don't see it all. 
it being effective or being a positive in any way. That's all I have to say. All right, Howie, great phone call as always. Thanks very much for that. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that central to the question, and and, and Howie brings up that you know maybe we're putting uh, Canadians in harm's way in, in a different in a different fashion. Um, to me, it, it has a lot more to do with how roughshod ISIS is allowed to run over these two nations and just obliterate everybody in their path. I don't know how many reports from the region we have to get, how many different uh, humanitarian groups have to uh, declare it, uh, uh, you know, a genocide or, uh, you know, an, an atrocity for us to have the appetite to get in there. I'm tired of these people who say, oh, it's not our fight. We shouldn't be involved. I get it. I get the unwillingness to get into a quagmire like Iraq was in 2003 where oh, we're going after the weapons of mass destruction. We really don't have a plan. It just sort of seems like this revenge game. This is very, very different. Canada's not going to Syria and Iraq because somebody attacked Parliament Hill. Canada's going to Syria and Iraq because they're taking children and throwing them off the roofs of buildings because of who their moms and dads are. That's why they're going. So you could probably say, hey, not our problem. I want to stay out of it. But if the follow-up question is, well, should we have gone to uh, Eastern or to Europe and, and liberated the Jews from concentration camps, you'd better damn well be consistent and say, no, their blood's not on my hands either. That's one of the great things that this country has got to do in its short time on this planet is step up and say our blood is worth the freedom of others. Canadian sons and daughters will pay the ultimate price. That will be the currency to liberate people from evil in this world. So if I'm Justin Trudeau, I should, I, I would think I would be proud to put more Canadian soldiers in the region to try and achieve that liberation. But I have no bloody idea why you wouldn't support them with even more missiles overhead taking out strategic ISIS points. I mean, there's still the question. I mean, uh, uh, Justin Ling from Vice pointed it out to us yesterday. It's a question for all the members of the coalition. Uh, where, where do we go from here? I, I don't, you know, the Peshmerga is not going to uh, invade Raqqa. The Iraqi army is not going to invade Raqqa. Who's going to do that? I mean, the Syrian army might, but I don't know that we're on the same side as the Syrian army. The Russians might be inclined to to do so at some point, but so that that's the other thing. And I think all the coalition members need to to define the strategy here, define the, the end game, our goals, and and how we achieve them. I, I think that's reasonable, and but I mean, it now becomes a question for Justin Trudeau as well. Is there a point, by the way, and we've only got a minute left, Mark, Mark, and Don are all on the phone waiting to get on. We don't want to give you just limited airtime, so we're going to get to you after the news to 1030. Guys, please uh, stand by. We'll get to your phone calls. But you've got to think, Rob, that, it, that supporting the Peshmerga only goes so far. That's not a conquering army, is it? Is that a group of people who look at the boundary of Iraq and Syria and say, hey, we should have it all? Or is that not just a group of people who want to defend what they believe their homeland is? And at some point you get to a frontier where the Peshmerga might just say, yeah, we're not interested in fighting that far south. That's that's not our battle. Right. And then what? Well, exactly. So uh, let's take a break and we'll come back. As, as uh, Roger said, we got some time for your phone calls, 974-8255, coming up uh, after 1030. A few other stories to get to. We may touch on this this uh, business between Uber and the city of Calgary. And also, speaking of Justin Trudeau, uh, an interesting development today. He's going to be appearing at a, a rally today for a candidate in a provincial by-election in Ontario. The Liberals uh, uh, previously uh, had admonished the federal conservatives for the, the perception that they were interfering 
in Ontario's election. So uh, why is that now suddenly uh, okay? It's Kincaid and Breckenridge on News Talk 770. All right, Kincaid and Breckenridge on News Talk 770, talking about the uh, the mission, the new mission, uh, I guess, the new liberal mission uh, to to target ISIS or bring the fight to ISIS. We are going to uh, end the the airstrikes within the next couple of weeks, and uh, we're going to do some some other things. Apparently, we're going to uh, send more Canadian soldiers to to be involved in training. Uh, apparently, there'll be more financial support. We'll be providing uh, arms directly to to the Kurds, uh, to the Peshmerga, and. Again, I mean, there, there's some merit in, in some of those approaches, but it's the question of why Why is it one or the other? Why can't we do uh, all of the above? Let's get to uh, Mark, who's been waiting patiently. Hey, Mark, thanks for the call. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. I just want to make a couple points and ask you guys a question. Like, doesn't it seem kind of weird that we haven't been able to take these guys out yet? I mean, we're talking about, like, some desert people that were, like, you know, started out as a small band of, like, bandits, basically. And you got all these countries bombing these guys. And, I mean, I mean, doesn't it seem like a joke that this thing has just gotten to the stage the where it is? I mean, doesn't it seem a bit real unrealistic that ISIS is actually as big as threat? I mean, for one thing, why would you bring people in as refugees from a country you're at war with? That, doesn't that in itself seem a bit ridiculous? Well, wait a second. What country are we at war with? Well, I mean... Well, with ISIS over in the Middle East, right? So Syria and all the de- all the destabilizing. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta well, be, we're not at war with yeah. Syria. You've Got to be careful there. The right, Syrians... We're at war with. Well, we're helping no. a war against ISIS, right? No, I know. I never said we're at war with Syria. I mean, okay. Well, no, I, and that's why I asked what country we're at war with. Well, with ISIS. Right. But I mean, you got to think ISIS was just a small te- a small band of ragtag bandits, basically. I mean, when you see these guys on the news, they have brand new jeeps. I mean. They've uncovered that when we're doing all these funding of rebels and we're shipping arms to these supposed rebels, they've uncovered that all these rebel groups and stuff are supposedly fighting ISIS. They're part of ISIS. I mean, that's how they get their weapons. We're basically giving ISIS their weapons, and then we're causing the destabilization by bombing them, and we're bringing all these people. I mean, have you guys seen YouTube videos of what, of what Europe is like now with all the migrants they have brought in there? Yeah, but this I mean, is. But hang on a second, Mark, because this is Canada, and, and we're dealing with with a pretty different ball of wax here now. We get a lot of emails about why we're not talking about what's going on in Europe, but we very infrequently talk about what's going on in Europe on this Canadian Calgary Alberta talk show. But let me say this, and, and you, you said something at the start, and you asked this question: Why do we bring in people from a country that we're at war with? And we tried to interject there and get in on it. We're not at war with a country. We are currently part of a coalition that's in a theater that involves a couple of countries, and they're Syria and Iraq. But we're not, we don't have a declaration of war against the state of Syria or against the state of Iraq. Now, the, to, to answer the question, why would we bring in people from a country in which we're engaged in some sort of combat exercises? The answer is because those people are trying to get out of that hellhole that's being torn apart by various factions that are involved there, one of which is ISIS. Right. I mean, it's it's certainly one of our, our great shames that during World War II we turned away Jewish refugees. Uh, obviously, they were, were fleeing the situation there. And, and I, you know, that that's a lesson to be learned. Um, look, I mean, the, the refugee issue is not going to be easy. And uh, the Liberal government, I, I think, made some very political promises about certain numbers of refugees by a certain point and how are we going to accommodate all of these refugees, where are they going to go, where are they going to stay, how long are they going to stay there. Right? And we've heard stories where even in, in Ontario, some refugees have 
expressed desire to go back because they're just they're stuck in these these hotels and not knowing how long they're going to be there, not really being able to leave or start a new life. Uh, so there's frustration. There's frustration on the parts of uh, you know people in in these communities. Well, okay, well. Where are the, where are these these people going to live? Where where are they going to work? And you know we're dealing with tough times right now, so it's it's obviously not going to be easy. And I, I know Rebel Media is uh, touting this story today that they claim they've got uh, documents or access to information. We're going to be turning a bunch of military bases into refugee camps. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I, I I don't think it's been a secret that they've looked at some some military bases where there's housing capacity is, is a possible place to put refugees. But, yeah, it's true. They haven't figured it out. But, I mean, the way Canada gets its refugees is completely different from what's happening in Europe. Because with Europe and its proximity to the region, you know, the, these migrants, if they can make their way there, if they can get on these rickety boats and, and make their way across the water to Europe, they can make a refugee claim. Canada's process to resettling refugees is, is completely different. I mean, people need to understand that that difference. Yeah, I'm pretty tired, too, of this this rhetoric from people who think that if you have sympathy for a refugee, that you are excusing that mass sex assault that happened in Cologne. Okay? There's a lot of people that are coming at this with a lot of different nuanced arguments and lumping everybody who's ever come from the country of Syria in the same category is pretty counterproductive. Um. And I think Mark also has to give ISIS a little bit more credit. They're not a street gang. Well, they were Al-Qaeda in Iraq before. Yeah. And we certainly saw what what they were capable of uh, under Zarqawi. So, a little more credit where it's due. Hi, Don. Uh, Hey, how you doing? (laughs) We got you in the middle of a complex Uh, operation of some sort. How you doing? Uh, Yeah. Good. The patient uh, still has a heartbeat. It's good. It's that HD. It's that HD. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) You know what? If uh, if Justin Trudeau had actually spoke the way he spoke before the uh, the news break, uh, our country would be in a lot better shape. I think once you make a decision to help out somebody, you then turn it over to the experts, i.e., the military, and allow them to conduct the operation the way they feel it should be. And just the politicians need to step back. They realize that they're not they're not trained for that. The politician's job is to get the people behind the uh, the operation and then allow the like i said allow the experts to get in there and do it and i think uh, that's what trudeau needs to do cool man great phone um, call don thanks for that, that yeah uh, well you know that's that's part of the problem i think trudeau would have had cover if he said you know what uh we initially thought the, the airstrikes were a bad idea we, we've spoken to our generals we've spoken to our allies we've spoken to to the kurds the peshmerga and the iraqi security forces and uh, they believe that those canadian jets are making an important contribution uh, so we believe that they should continue that work. And here's what else we're going to do. And here's where we think the conservatives were lacking in some ways, and we can improve the mission. What would have been the fallout from that? Yeah. I, I really failed to see how they would have paid a political price if they had approached it that way. So I, I, you know, I think it's unfortunate. Let's, uh, let's take a pause right here. We'll come back. Uh, more of your phone calls, 974-8255. Mark, you're up next. It's Kincaid and Breckenridge. This is News Talk 770. This is Kincaid and Breckenridge on News Talk 770. Now in HD. Details at Newstalk770.com. Hey, you're back with Roger and Rob taking your phone calls, 974-8255. And the way the mission against ISIS has changed now that uh, Justin Trudeau has said so. They finally came up with a plan yesterday and outlined it. Mark has called in. Hey, Mark, go ahead. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for waiting. Um, hey, I just want to make a couple quick comments on a couple things that, that everybody's discussing today. Um 
on the Syrian refugees here in Canada, I hope people keep in mind that these people have it as hard or even harder, the refugees coming to Canada, because they're leaving behind everything they ever have had, anything they've ever known, their family, their friends, their entire lives. They're being moved to a completely different country and having to start all over from the ground up. Like, this is what makes Canada the greatest nation in the world. You know, is the fact that we are willing to take these people in and to, to help them restart a new life to raise their families. Well, yeah, and I mean, we, we've done it before, right? And, you know, and I get their, their challenges. And I don't think anybody's saying it's going to be easy. But, yeah, I mean, Canada's a, a country that's that's done so in the past. And, and I think times when we fail to do so, I think we look back at with, with some, some shame. Yes. And the, taking the fight to ISIS. Now, the, the big thing for me, and, I mean, both my grandparents fought in wars. Um, I have been very fortunate that I have not had to go to war, you know, but I would be the first one to say, yeah, I'm in if that's what it's going to take to protect my family, to protect my friends and to protect my countrymen, you know. Um, but the thing is, is that I think that along with living in one of the greatest nations in the world, we have a responsibility and it's not just ours, but it's, you know, every country that has rights and freedoms like Canada. Um, we have a certain right that we, it doesn't matter what religion we are, it doesn't matter what color we are, it doesn't matter uh, what country we're from. We have a certain right to protect the weaker people out there. Yeah, listen, uh, listen Mark, I, I agree with what you say. I mean, the, the, no one religion has a monopoly on uh, on not killing people. That seems no. to be something that just sort of goes with, uh, with our evolution, if I dare uh, step in that foot trap. But... No, you're right. And, and you know what? Uh, it's it's so true that the, the better equipped countries, often part of the, uh, what do we call that? The duty to protect, Rob, the responsibility to rep- to protect. Yeah, R2P, yes. Is the fact that we can and therefore we should. And, you know, and for I, all the people who say, oh, I, I look, uh, when I look in the mirror, I don't see a Syrian. I see, I see a Canadian. It's like, well, we're, then stop looking in the mirror. Close your eyes because we're all brothers. I mean, we don't even look at it at that point. You know, it's not... I'm a Canadian, I'm a Syrian, I'm Iraqi, I'm from Afghanistan. We're human beings. There you go. Plain and simple. We're all one. Uh, we're all no, one. Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah, in we're together, one. Yeah, all yeah. of us. You nailed it, Mark. Thanks for the call, buddy. Appreciate, Appreciate that. By the way, um, uh, the Angus Reid uh, Institute has a, a poll out today regarding the, the mission against ISIS, which seems certainly relevant given the announcement yesterday and the conversation we're having. Uh, so four options were given. Uh, one of the options was to actually increase the involvement by doing more bombing and more training. 26% think we should be doing more. So you got 26% who say, you know, we should be bombing more than we are. Uh, so you got 37% who say we should continue pr- to provide the current level of involvement, both bombing and training, basically keep the mission going as it is. Uh, so you got well over a majority of Canadians who say either keep bombing as much as we were, or bomb even more. Uh, 27% basically are on board with the liberals here, saying we should stop the bombing but focus on training. And we got 11% who say we we got to get out of there altogether. So that's a very small minority. vast majority of Canadians support some involvement here. Uh, but it does seem as though there is a preference to continue uh, the involvement of the CF-18s. So, uh, if, if this is being done for political reasons, it um, seems to fly in the face of these polls. Hey, Scott, thanks for the call. Hi. Uh, 
Hi, Scott, go ahead. Um, the reason why I'm calling is I'm a little concerned about the whole mandate of whether it be the, the Alberta government or the Liberals that are in power now, when they come out and they say, we were hired with our policy platform and we have a mandate to do whatever we want. And the concern that it raises for me is that whether it be the locally or, or federally, their mandate wasn't 75 or 80% of the population, it's less than 50 that got you elected. And the other part that concerns me, a lot of the policies that are being developed, they're not being developed by the Conservatives or the Liberals, they're being developed by federal employees. who are saying, this makes sense if we do this, this is how it can be done. And then they take it to the, to the leadership of that time and say, okay, are you okay to implement it or vice versa? And it takes so many years to get these dials moving on this that it doesn't make any sense to walk in and say, no, we're going to scrap it all. You guys don't know what you're doing. We're going to do our policy. And they're constantly wiping the eggs off our face. Okay. I hear what you're saying. I mean, the, the bureaucracy runs the government. Um, you know, it's influenced by the, by the government of the day. So you're right. I mean, the mechanism, the wheels that, that turn, so to speak, are being turned by the bureaucrats. But I think that we've got a pretty real time example here of, of uh, a government doing an about face on, on certain policy, uh, with the way the liberals said, hey, we're going to take the jets out of, uh, out of Syria and, and Iraq. And it, it might very well be that. Uh, it took this long that they consulted with the DOD, for example, and and the bureaucrats there said, look, I mean, we can get the fighter jets out of there, but there's a significant amount of commitment that we've already made to this 60-some country coalition that's trying to wipe ISIS off the map, so it's not like we can just get the jets out tomorrow. So it could well be, you're right, that the bureaucrats took, what would it be, Rob, almost three months to uh, to effectively get the, the jets out of there. Right. Yeah. No, Scott, appreciate the phone call, I, which was odd. I mean, if, if the liberals wanted to bring the planes home, they could have brought the planes home like day one. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure why they didn't. Uh, and, and I mean, certainly those those planes, I think, were making a difference in the meantime. Uh, we got this text. I, I love these texts. Roger, I assume they're talking to us. It <laughs> says, get over it, conservatives. You lost. No one cares about you for four years or more if we're lucky. Oh, I know. I'm very liberal on this one, actually. Today, I, I, we're we're conservative. Oh, yeah. No, I, I love those texts. But I don't know why this person's saying, get over it, conservatives. You lost. What I'm deeply ashamed of here is my... Hang on a second. I've got part of my tongue in my cheek, but not entirely. My liberal, my Canadian liberal sensibilities. Because it's always been the liberal government that knows where the fight is. Why it was... It was great liberal Prime Minister William Lyon Mackenzie King in World War II who knew that Canada played a critical role in the Allies fighting against the Axis. And we were fighting alongside communists, keep in mind, in trying to make sure that the Nazi scourge didn't take over all of Europe. It was that great liberal Prime Minister, one of the greatest liberal Prime Ministers ever, Jean Chrétien, who knew that a barbarian like Slobodan Milosevic should not be allowed to ethnically cleanse any region in Europe. And so we bombed them. That was great. And who can forget the fantastic liberal prime minister, Paul Martin, who got us involved in the right part of America's mission 
uh, of revenge got us into Afghanistan, where the Taliban was the problem. No, Jean Chrétien first. Yeah, Jean Chrétien set yeah. the table, and Paul Martin dithered, brilliantly dithered, and got us one of the most dangerous regions to police in that state. So I'm deeply ashamed that uh, Justin Trudeau is not willing to continue along that proud line of liberal prime ministers who do the right thing.